that it is spreading, and you might even know some folks uh, who have recently gotten it. Either way, if you're watching online or if you're here with us this morning, it is a good Sunday. Do you know, do you know why? Do you know why it's a good Sunday? Because this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Don't forget that verse. <laughs> no matter what you wake up in the morning and, you, man, you didn't have the best night's sleep and the day's not looking as great, uh, God still created that day. And he's created this day. And I'm so glad to see faces and to welcome you and, and to even celebrate a little girl named Layla that was born this week into the same family. Uh, their son, their oldest son, uh, just had their first baby, right? And, but she is like close to four months premature, I think is, is correct. And so she is in the hospital in Topeka. And so we're praying for Layla Shane. And Jesse and, I, I don't know his wife's name, Jesse and Allison, that's right, okay, Allison. And uh, anyway, they're in uh, uh, Topeka, so we're praying up those, those folks, and, and matter of fact, I, I, will, I will say there's uh, some details of several months ahead of them going back and forth, and so some financial burden is probably going to be there. So if you know Jesse, or maybe you don't know Jesse at all, uh, but it belongs, that, that kid belongs to those two people over there. And uh, we, we love that family. And if you'd like to, to, to make a contribution towards them, we could see. You don't have to go to GoFundMe. You could, you could go and just uh, donate through the church office and we can make sure that gets uh, to, the, to that family. Anyway, we're so glad that she's arrived. And everything looks really good. She's really healthy for as old as she is, right? So that's the good news. Oh, now for the sermon. Uh, I want to get into this. Uh, armor, armor Up is what we entitled the sermon. Ephesians chapter 6, if you weren't here last week, uh, our focus for the next several weeks is on that Ephesians chapter 6 because of the armor that uh, is described there by Paul. I want to just uh, a quick review of what we saw last week. We, we see Paul describing for us that now that you're a believer all throughout Ephesians. Man, you're a believer. This is the advantages. Woo! Now live worthy. And all the way through, then, then towards the end, it gives us imagery because we are in a battle. We, we, are, we are in a battle, uh, and, and we, are, uh, man, we, we belong to God, and, and the world belongs not to God. The, the bl world belongs to darkness, and, and we're of light. And, and therefore, uh, there's just some things that we talked about last week that we need to know about the battle. Number one is you're not going into this battle alone. First of all, look around you, fellow soldiers, that, that's all a part of, of this battle. The encouragement, the strength, the growing happens right here in the relationships we have with other believers, right? Uh, so that's significant. But even more so, God is going before us. The Spirit is within us. We are not, we're not alone. Even, even together, there, there's uh, God, God leading us, uh, the Holy Spirit indwelling us, and, and we are definitely not alone in this battle. A uh, second point we made last week is that the enemy is not us. It's not humanity. Scripture, actually Paul said, the enemy is not flesh and blood. And I had some questions about that. Uh, someone wondered, well, the enemy, like even an atheist is not a, uh, an enemy? And, and actually, Paul's pretty clear. It's not flesh and blood. And, and for clarity, I even looked up Matthew 5, 44. And that's that passage still people wrestle with because 
Jesus comes along and says, hey, love your enemies and pray for those who would even seek to harm you. Right? Well, how does that work? But then you put those two verses together, it makes sense. That those who would seemingly be our enemies, there's actually an enemy that is leading, mis, I should say misleading, devil's schemes. And one of the, his greatest schemes is deceitfulness, who wants to hold those people in darkness. That's where we come from, right? That we came out of darkness to understand the light of what Jesus revealed. Uh, and that is God is, and he loves us, and he sent his son to die for us. So uh, people who might be considered our enemies, they're not our enemies at all. Instead, they are potential, they are potential, uh, they have the potential to become a part of us. If only they were able to see the light. All the, finally, finally, and this is where we leads, leads into where we are today, that God gives us everything we need. He gives us everything we need to go into battle. And that's the armor that's laid out the rest of the passage. Uh, today we're in, in Ephesians chapter 6 and, and we're looking at verse 14. And it's simply this phrase. Uh, it says, uh, therefore, no excuse me, uh, 14. says, stand firm then. That's, that's our order. As an army, what do we do? We stand firm uh, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. So we're looking at this belt of truth that, that God has called us to, to wear. First of all, let me, let me think out a belt and what, what this is all about. Now, if you're reading devotions or actually a lot of even some commentaries talk about this belt being a protective thing with, with leather down here and, and everything. But, but the, one of my best resources that breaks down the word even compares it with it where it's used elsewhere, is more like where, where the Scripture talks about girding up your loins. You know, it's, and, and what I understood about that is where uh, someone's taken off to run and, and they got more of a robe on, they basically take that and wrap it up around tight so that they're free to move and run. So it's, it's more of the fabric, uh, this belt it's described. And the point of it, the point of it is that uh, matter of fact, it, it, it's talk to, talking about that it supports and, and that it braces and it enables you to, to move, to, to prepare to move or even to do exactly what the Scripture tells you to do, to stand. It's telling you to stand and to, to be strong in that stance. It's not only talking about you standing, but then you think about every part of the armor that's coming later as we go through the next few weeks. It is a support. This, this belt of truth is a support for every part of the armor that, that we're going to be talking about. Truth. That, the fact that, it's even, that it is even mentioned first, that's its significance. It, it, it is more or less, I mean, I know it's here around your waist, but that's kind of like the center uh, of us. I, you know, usually think the foundation of what you stand upon. But in this case, it's the center of us. And isn't, isn't that where truth ought to be? The very center part of, we, of everything that we are and center part of this armor that we're put, putting on. So keep that in mind. I, I want to make this clear that what is this belt of truth? What is this belt of truth? Except it, it is what we as believers are called to live. We are to receive this truth and we're to live this truth of God. We're to receive and live God's truth. So, 
for the next few points, I, I just want to talk about what we need to know about this belt. Um, and number one, the world offers a lot of belts for people to wear. As we're thinking about belt being the truth, there's, throughout the world, there's people wearing different belts, right? And, and, and matter of fact, messages in this world that people are actually putting on and living according to, to what they believe or what they believe to be truth. But the world doesn't really have truth at all. Uh, one of the classes I took in, in, in college that went, whew, one of those classes, you're familiar with, a whew, was a class called philosophy. And, and philosophy is, is uh, the pursuit of uh, or being able to clearly identify truth. And so a lot of big words, you know, like correspondent, uh, semantic, uh, coherence, pragmatic, and on and on and on. All these different theories about how you come to truth. Well, I was really dumb before then, but because prior to that, I just figured that truth was really evident. It's right in front of your face, objective truth. I live at 1403 Candlelight Lane. Okay, anybody want to argue that? Because I could prove it. It's, it's on my house and the street's right there. So, so that, I always thought truth was simple. It's right there for us all to behold. But obviously there's a lot of discussion out there with philosophers. And, and matter of fact, I know some guys, guys I like to listen to. Ravi Zacharias, Zacharias who, who passed away here not that long ago, uh, was able to, to, to uh, uh, build a case through philosophical thinking. And I was always amazed uh, at, at uh, you know, how he would speak and, and argue and things like that and things of the world, people of the world who think in like matter. But you know what the most popular thinking is today? Are you familiar uh, with this most popular? I think it's the most popular because I see it on T-shirts. I hear uh, celebrities and, and talk shows talking about uh, uh, being able to speak your truth. Are you familiar with that? Speak your truth. Now, in some cases, it's something like, you know, something that happened to them, and they need to be honest about what happened and, and speak it. That's not what I'm talking about. A lot of people will speak their truth. This is what life is all about. And so the problem with this is, is what they're declaring is, you know where the, the, the truth originates? Right here. Truth, truth originates in me, and I'm going to go out and declare my truth. And you know, the, uh, another big problem with that is that as everybody declares their truth, do you think everybody's united in their truth? Absolutely not. Someone's truth might say, we're all going to die of, of uh, uh, what is it, uh, global warming. Ah! And, but you know there's people on the other side who say, no, no, it's all made up. It's not true. It's not true. So there's, there's two truths right there. That we're, we're destroying the world? Well, no, we're not, you know. We're, and I've heard facts and figures from both sides, you know. And where, wherever you weigh, you know, uh, there's, there's different kinds of truths. So there's all kinds of truths, and they contradict each other. People who are, you know, those philosophers pull their hair out and say, no, it can't, that, that can't be true. It, to, to have such conflicting uh, conclusions, that's not a, a practical way. Uh, to, to come to any kind of great conclusion. I, I tell you what, but I think this idea, speak your truth, that it originates in each one of us, really kind of identifies the kind of truth that Paul lays out in Ephesians. 
Back, back in Ephesians chapter 4, turn with me, if you will, to Ephesians 4, beginning in verse 17. Paul, again, is in that section saying, hey, live a life worthy of this. So he reminds them, he goes back and says, yeah, he reminds them to live like this. Uh, Ephesians 4, verse 17 says, Paul says, I, so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as Gentiles do. He's telling Gentiles, hey, don't live as Gentiles do. And the futility of their thinking. Now, now first of all, uh, Gentiles, what's he talking about Gentiles? Well, there's Jews and Gentiles, as Paul's talking. There's two people in the world, Jews and Gentiles. Jews are those who were born into God's family. And matter of fact, they became God's people. And God's people recognized and worshiped God. They recognized God. Now, if you're a Gentile, you didn't. You didn't recognize God. Matter of fact, we'll just, Paul could have just simply said, Hey, don't live as the godless do. Don't live as godless people do. Instead, you know, live understanding God. Well, let, let me go on and, and read verse 18 as well. Here, because here it, it lays out a description of their thinking. It's futile thinking. There in verse 17, it's futility of their thinking, meaning it's empty thinking, it's purpose, purposeless thinking. It's, 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 again, I'm, I'm producing truth out of my life. And, and it's coming out and it's futile and it's meaningless. Um, another part of it, that they are darkened in their understanding. Uh, again, Jesus came into this world to, to bring light in that darkness. So they're darkened in their understanding. And godless people are separated from the life of God. They're separated from the life of God. So, so... Minus any kind of truth means minus God. Any kind of recognition of God. Now, it's not that, man, poor Gentiles, uh, because, you know, hey, they had no choice. They didn't, they didn't have a nation. But in Romans chapter 1, Paul makes it clear that this is all about people's choice. Again, saying, hey, truth is coming from here. So what, what did we come up and decide? In Romans chapter 1, verse 18, it goes into this, that, that God's angry and his wrath is being poured out on, on this world. Why? Because they have, uh, they have uh, suppressed the truth by their wickedness. Chapter 1, verse 18. They have suppressed the truth, the truth that God exists. And then it goes on in that chapter, if you want to read it later, uh, chapter 1, uh, verse 18 of Romans. He goes in, he says, man... Uh, even though you didn't know God, the evidence of God was all around. Creation. You know, God's handiwork, is it could be evident everywhere. And yet they continue to reject God. Matter of fact, in verse 25, he comes along and says, they exchanged that truth of God for a lie. And worshipped and served created things rather than the creator. It means that God who created all things, sticks and rocks, that that people who, who, who saw this creation rejected the notion that God existed and took the rocks and sticks that God created, put them together, made images out of them, and worshipped the images instead of the creator. Uh, let me go back uh, to, to saying, you know, how, how empty, how, how mindless their thinking is. And any kind of truth that comes from me any kind of truth that comes out of you, anybody who wants to speak their truth 
is really mindless and empty truth. It's not truth at all. It's false. And, and, but we see the truth within the scriptures. Well, before I go there, I, a couple of things. Some of the truth that, that I, I read this, uh, this week was uh, one phrase. You know, here's, here's someone's truth. He says in uh, a statement that says, enjoy your journey. The journey is all there is. And, and that reminded me, you know what it sounded like? Are you familiar with this? Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die. Are you familiar with that passage? Where Jesus was actually speaking to the rich, uh, the rich fool, uh, identified in a parable where, where man, he had, he had such a great harvest, and so he built bigger barns. Didn't know what to do with all he had, so he built bigger barns, you know, and so now he can just go eat, drink, and be merry, and then that night he died. And thought how foolish he was in just storing up treasures for himself. Um, that, that's just some of the thoughts. And I, I, I think that, that truly seems to be the philosophy or the, the truth that a lot of people live by today. In it, just go for all that each day brings. Love it. And it's really a self-centeredness. It's all about me. Matter of fact... Uh, verse 19, where I was just reading, lays out the conduct of someone who has a truth that's based upon worldly things. In verse 19, it says, Having lost all sensitivity, lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. So, so what's the basis of my thinking? How, how am I producing my truth? My truth is based upon what I want. What I want. Oh, what feels good. What tastes good. What, what's going to make me happy. And that begins to be the basis of the truth that we're producing within ourselves. That gives us guidance for life. I think we also see that in the Old Testament. What, where did the people continue to turn? Every thought upon their mind was only evil all the time. Remember that in the book of Judges? That, I, I see it prominent in this world today. In our worldly thinking, it's a continued pursuit of things of greed. It's continued pursuit of things of lust. It's, it's just a continued pursuit of sinfulness that goes farther and farther away from God. Why not? Because your truth begins absolutely without God. No existence of God, no expectations, uh, just live life as, as it comes. But, speaking about this, this belt of truth, the second thing that we need to know about this belt is that it comes from God. As, as we said earlier, the last point last week, God supplies it. And God has supplied us with truth. God has revealed His truth through Jesus. God has revealed the truth through Jesus. Just think of a couple of things just in the Gospels we know about that. Jesus came as a light into this world. He is the light that came into this darkness. Jesus also said in, in John chapter 14, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So what is it that, that Jesus came to reveal? Just God. That, that hey, what, what do we know because Jesus came into this world, but the fact that God is that he is the beginning, he's the end. That, that it is God who created. 
that he spoke the word and things came into existence because of God. And, and, and the fact that he is a holy and righteous God and he is going to judge according to that holiness and righteousness and he's going to do so justly because he's God. Which, which brings you to the place of no, because that's not me, holy and righteousness. But we also find out in the scripture through Jesus that our God is a merciful God. Amen? And we find out he's a merciful God. We find out that he is a patient God. I believe that's exactly why you and I are able to even come today and that people are still waking up this morning is because God is patient. And, and, and he's also delivered to us his salvation through his wonderful grace through Jesus Christ. There's truth. There's truth to, to, to join and, and come into that, that life and, and to come. Because of Jesus, I can know God. Not only know God, but belong to God. And that comes through Christ. Let me, let me go back to that chapter 4 text again. Ephesians 4, beginning in verse 20. Listen to what he says. That, however, looking back again, said, man, this, this darkness, this uh, uh, faulty thinking that you had or, or failed, th futile thinking that you had. He says, that, however, is not the way of life that you learned. He's talking to believers here. He said, when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. That's where the lights came on. Jesus is where the lights came on. That's where an understanding of that God is uh, became significant in your life. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. That way of darkness, that futile thinking, you were taught to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. To be made new in the attitude of your minds. This new revelation it's it, this new revelation through Jesus Christ. Man, it's making us new. And to put on the, the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's, that's your life now. That, that's, that's who you are. Jesus comes along and there is a transformation takes place. That person who, who was living in darkness, that person who was living in futile thinking and, and separate of God... Uh, that person has died, has given up to, to, to put aside that, that old self and then to put on that new self that is created in Jesus Christ through his death, through his resurrection. We are new people. And, and the significance of that is that we are gods. We, I'm not that we are gods. That sounds awful. That, that we belong to God. How's that? That we belong, yeah, please, that's, a, that's another church, that's somewhere else, okay? But, but here that we belong to God. We belong to God. Okay, did we, did we get that clear from my, okay, good, good. That we belong to Him. That's significant. That's worth celebrating, that's worth worshiping this morning. Because through Christ, that light of the world, we know Him. We know Him. And putting on that belt of truth, putting on that belt of truth has everything to do with our lives now, our lives today. Matter of fact, what we need to know finally about this belt of truth is that we are to live this truth for God. 
we are to live this truth for God. I know that we think, well, it was, I don't want us just to think, well, hey, we have salvation, therefore the belt of truth is on. That's correct. Sorry, Matt. I, every time I step off, he's got to change me up. Uh, uh, but but it's, it's not that, that we just receive Christ and then go about living our lives. That's, man, all over the Scripture. It, it speaks significantly how now that we've put it on, chapter 4, verse 1 says, hey, live a life worthy of this. That means put on that belt of truth and live that righteousness, that holiness that we just read about. Um, Paul here, and in several passages I mentioned, have, have mentioned this uh, over and over again. We're to put on that righteousness. What, what does it mean to, to put on that truth or, or to live that truth? To live righteously, to live holy, as we saw in just that previous passage. But it also means that we live, with, uh, you know, live loving people, learning his patience. means we live learning his patience which means we also live learning His mercy and His forgiveness. How often do we read in the New Testament, I mean, in, the, in the, one of the Gospels, Jesus included in the Lord's Prayer, is that forgive as we, forgive us, Lord, our trespasses and our sins as we forgive others. And, and then emphasize and remind it over and over again, how can we, how can we be forgiven if we do not forgive? So there's, there's part of it. Man, if we're going to live in his holiness and righteousness, we also need to be a part of what he's done for us. Giving us his forgiveness, we too need to be a people of mercy. Why? Because that reflects our God who's merciful, right? Also, we're called to become light to this world, uh, to, make, uh, to make truth alive for people, to be able to for them to see Jesus as well. Matter of fact, I want to go back to chapter 4. And prior to what he said, what we've read, in verse 15, uh, he's going back to that place of making us and maturing us. In verse 15, he says, instead, and then he uses this phrase, speaking the truth in love. Speaking the truth of love. What is he saying? Matter of fact, uh, uh, the, way, the way that word is even used, he said, it's, it's more like a verb. Instead of speaking the truth of love, is is truthing in love. That's what you as believers ought to do. It's truthing in love. Well, what does that mean? I think speaking is part of it. Speaking is 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 to speak about Jesus and to acknowledge God in this life and in this world around us. But it's also living it, acting it out in every day, presenting it in in, in where you work, presenting it when you go to the store. Presenting when you're out in the community, wherever it is, presenting that uh, that that light, that truth of God everywhere we go, it's indicated in how we live, yes, and it's indicated how we speak. Back to verse 25 in our passage. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. Speak truthfully to your neighbor. How are we doing with wearing the belt of truth? How are we doing? Uh, it, it, is, it is significant to think that what God has given to me, I now will live. I will now live in my everyday. 
let me remind you that the world has lots of truths out there, right? Right and left and people's beliefs and I believe foundationally where that truth seems to stem from is right here, right from within themselves. But the, the reality is truth really came from God. It's sent into this world through Jesus Christ to make God known. Not only to make God known, but to bring us a salvation that we could be connected to him. And we could be his people. We could be his children. Woohoo! I'll just put it in there. Yeah. Anyway, we belong to him. And, and that's what we do celebrate. Now, those who are saved, you, you, my brothers and sisters in Christ, the first item we put on, and, and, and most important so that all the other functions that we're about to put on is going to work and is going to be effective for God is his truth needs to be put around our waist and worn on a daily basis, just part of who we are. We live and, and we live that truth of God. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you and we thank you for the truth that you revealed to us through Jesus. A truth, Lord, that today has brought us not only salvation, but has brought your spirit to live and exist within us in order for us to grow and to learn what it means to live your righteousness, your holiness. Father, for us to act in this world on your behalf, to reveal you to those who are still living in darkness. Father, strengthen us. Help us, Lord, to always remember that we are your people. We are your church. And Father, we pray that throughout this week, as we go into this battle, living in this world, we won't forget about the truth that we bear around us that's at the center of who we are. Uh, may we speak truthfully. May we, Lord, act truthfully. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.